Good afternoon and welcome to the Virtually Speaking Podcast. My name is Pete Fletcher and joining me as usual is my good friend, Mr. John Nicholson. John, happy Friday, buddy. It is it is a good to be Friday. Um, I'm currently trying to stare at some metrics on some some disc performance and trying to make sense of this. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, I'm just getting a little overwhelmed. I've got all of this monitoring systems and all this data and it's just kind of hard to sort through. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've been, I've been tweeting over there. Well, I'm trying to help someone do some sizing. And if you look at the the tweet storm I did yesterday, you know, I'm playing guess what that application is from staring at the raw performance outputs. And some other people have joined me on Twitter. So, if you know, you're listening to this. Go look on Twitter. Um, I'm going to start trying to do this thing on like once a week where I post like a, a random performance graph. And we all try to guess what the hell's going on. I like it. I like it. Well, John, there'll be no guessing today because we've got one of the experts on and uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Uh, certainly uh, uh, VMware's uh, some of VMware's announcements at VMware Explorer that he had a lot to do with. So I will bring him on now. Jad, Jad Elzane, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here as yeah. always. Haven't seen you in a while. I, actually, I did see you at VMware Explore. We were chatting uh, not only about the announcements, uh, but we were also talking about something that you do on the side, which is like a personal hobby of yours. That like you do like woodworking. I do. This is my my COVID hobby du jour or de de year. I don't know de yeah. <laughs> de <annual>. <laughs> <laughs> John, 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 this guy, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like when we say like hobby, this is, this is next level hobby. I need to put some pictures on the podcast just to show you some of the stuff he's been doing, but tell us how you got started with this. Uh, so let's see. Um, we found out that the kids are going to be doing school from home. So as any parent, uh, many parents did, they went online to see if they can buy a desk. And the soonest we can get a desk was three months, four months. And it was absurd. Um, so I built one. I was like, hey, I've got a miter saw. That's all I had. I'm pretty sure I could build something, right? So hit the YouTubes, of course. And uh, I was like, I could I could do that, but I will make these changes. So my my daughter and I got on a on a notepad and she wanted she she had an idea. Um, she was seven at the time. She had an idea of what she wanted, and we built exactly that. And, uh, and then of course, you know, when all you have is a miter saw and you want it to be perfect, uh, that desk ended up costing several thousand dollars (laughs) (laughs) because I definitely went and bought uh, a lot of tools that were missing. And then, you know, that led to, Hey, I'm going to build my son a desk and, uh, I'm going to, you know, all of our Christmas gifts are going to be things that I build. Um, so, so it was, uh, it was one thing that led to another. I also built this. Oh my um, goodness! As part of my COVID hobby is uh, I, I revamped the whole uh, entertainment room in our house and all the built-ins for the cinema and and so uh, yeah, lots of tool investment and um, and it's become something that that I absolutely love to do um, yeah. and uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah, well, for the for the folks that are on only audio only, you should probably check out the YouTube version of this yeah. because yeah, his his house is looking insane. Uh, you took on quite the hobby there, and uh, I, when we when you told me about that and you showed me the pictures, uh, and then we started talking about Aria, I was like, oh, what 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 would be the uh, the parallel here? Because certainly, you know, I don't know if um, Aria is the kind of thing where you would 
spend a whole bunch of money and, and create this custom thing that you could have done cheaper. But I thought, man, there's a much better analogy here. Yeah, there is actually. That's it's actually funny. Um, so one of the things that I've learned in, in woodworking uh, and several mistakes and, and not just mistakes, but also, you know, at this point, two years later, uh, I, I plan everything out. I cat it all out. Um, and, and everything between how how the parts fit together, but also in the order in which you put those parts together is a big part of the success and longevity of that product. And so I use that tilt to talk about the um, the analogy here, because what we built in Aria, and, and I'm sure we're going to get very much into that, oh, yeah. is um, is almost the opposite of what we've done in the past, right? We've we have we have a lot of uh, in the cloud management BU, we have a lot of disparate tools that do a lot of things in their domain really, really well. And our approach to bringing them together has largely been like, hey, just let this guy talk to this guy and, and they'll communicate um, and we'll build some logic in there. And, and it just, it seemed force fit. Mm. It didn't build a, a longevity of the solution. Uh, and so that's... It was a little bit of a stretch, but that's the analogy uh, I came up with, right? So what we, the approach we're taking now, um, we'll get deeper into it, is um, is plan everything up front, build the foundation, think about how everything's going to fit in together, and don't force it in. Yeah. Build the platform so that these specific solutions and the needs of the customers are fit in perfectly, right? We want. We want a custom fit for for all the technologies, and um, and that I thought was a pretty decent analogy. Absolutely, I love it. I love it. So let's, uh, yeah, we've been bearing the lead here for a little while. Tell us a little bit about some of the announcements that you had your hand in for VMware Explorer. Yeah, so we announced um, the public name of Project Ensemble, which I've spoken about in the past. Um, and uh, and that is VMware Aria, uh, specifically Aria Graph and Aria Hub. Now the the broader announcement at um, at Explore was about um, was VMware Aria, right? And VMware Aria is is the the full umbrella in which the entire cloud management stack um, is is plugging into, and in that stack. We have uh, vRealize Automation, now Aria Automation. But it's not just VRA being rebranded or renamed to Aria Automation. Aria Automation is actually a segment in this, in this new capability. Operations, now Aria Operations, which includes operations for networks and operations for apps. Um, again, it's, it's about bringing these domain-specific parts and bringing them under aria and when the word aria lives in front of the application that means it's actually plugging into the platform and the platform is the new thing it's uh, aria graph and aria hub um, aria graph is a ground up rebuild it's what our team's been building for two two years now um, executing on it for about two years but a large chunk of engineering um, focused on it for the majority of this year, and uh, and so that's that was really how well, the Aria Graph, uh, the underlying technologies, is really what what makes all of this possible, and uh, and why you're seeing Aria um, mm -hmm. 
come to market? Actually, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you know, do you know um, why Aria? Can you, well, can you guess? Well, I had someone, someone stayed at a hotel in Vegas on the strip. <laughs> That's a really nice hotel, by the way. Yeah. That's really funny. No, I, I will say what, why Aria the name? There's an answer to that. I'm sure we'll get to that. But the other question was why even why change the name? So when I first heard about Aria, uh, my first, I was like, oh, I hadn't heard of that. What is that? And, and the person that was explaining it to me, which shall remain nameless, said, uh, it's just be realized. And I was like, oh, well. Well then, why did why would we just change the name then? That doesn't make it has to be more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's definitely more than that. So uh, I'll talk about the name's origins first. So our fearless leader Pernima, who's the the GM and VP of of cloud management, um, uh, she has a, a big musical background, uh, a lot of singing, a lot, um, you know, lots lots of voice, uh, lots of musical instruments, and and she participates in, in a lot of. Um, music-related community activities and, and, and all that stuff. Um, and so if you were in the Cloud Management BU, you would know, like even actually Project Ensemble. It's an ensemble, right? Ah, uh, OK. Our own internal platform is called Symphony. Um, and and we, we've used a lot of music nomenclature um, internally and, and uh, subtly uh, externally. But ARIA works in many ways and it's actually genius and if i if if i may say so it is uh, the definition of aria is several voices coming together to essentially rise above all the noise so an aria is it would be kind of what comes out of a score right or um in technology and perfectly fits uh you know what we're doing here is it's all of these technologies as the voices coming together to rise above any one specific product, right? It's to deliver a unified voice um, for cloud management. So it actually works quite well. Um, and, and, uh, and that's why Aria is, is, is what it is. Uh, so it's one voice rising up. Yeah. I now remembering my, my opera history. Um, so from a, from a, I guess from a monitoring, you know, in, in management capabilities, what are we looking at here? I mean, I've seen a lot of a, attempts in the industry that have happened where people have tried to build uh, monitoring tools that were either really good at one thing and out of the box, did that one thing well and didn't really scale, or, you know, your traditional enterprise RMM tooling and monitoring and, you know, tooling that could do anything but required endless customization and really looked like 10 different UIs bolted together. Um, what is different about the foundation about this? What is different about, you know, not just the foundation, but also the front end experience? What, you know, what are we, what, what's the execution look like? Yeah, you know, we've been there, done that. We've stitched a whole bunch of technologies together because we wanted customers to interact with all those technologies without necessarily uh, navigating away um, or reducing the number of steps between any two tasks and those types of things. And we've called that a cloud management platform, but it was, uh, you know, it's it's a suite. We realize is a technology stack um, uh, for for on-premises uh, tooling. You know, we've it's it's a suite of products that you build for for the CMP type experience. But one of the things that uh, you know we should probably uh, make very clear here is that we didn't 
go out to rebuild a product or a solution because that that was a gap missing in VMware, right? Or in cloud management. So for example, one of uh, the, the, I mean, the, the positions we're in, VMware has several domain specific expert products. So uh, Virulize Operations, uh, industry leadership in, in just your, your typical knock, you know, ops, and, and that's continued to grow and a lot of integrations uh, into ops as well. Virulize Automation for lifecycle management, Again, for for cloud consumption, lifecycle management, governance, all these things. If, if anybody knows my background, the best tool on earth, right? Virulize automation. Um, the addition of salt and, and all that stuff has been pretty pretty great there. Network insight for for deep analysis of your network flows and and NetFlow data and uh, um, and the, the visualizations and, and network insight were are, are incredible. Um, Tanzu Observability, which is now back in the Cloud Management BU for time series data and the ability to scale uh, infinitely. Secure state for public cloud security and compliance um, and, uh, and, and visibility into how your public clouds are functioning, right? Cloud health. I mean, so we can go down here, go down that path. Well, and, and you you mentioned each of these products. And in my mind, it's actually a completely different person normally in an organization is consuming them. Be it you know, compliance exactly. on that last one, the networking team is who, or or occasionally security is who's staring at NetFlows. Um, yeah. You know, application observability. You know, the that side that's an app developer trying to figure out why something's slow or maybe you know a full stack engineer. It's how do you build a tool that can encompass different personas, I guess? So that's that's exactly it. So we've seen a couple of things. So um, first of all, these solutions that I've, I've rattled off, um, they are industry leading in their domain. All right. They they have a lot of history with our customers. And um, and and, you know, there's 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 a, a lot going on there. And over the years, we've done a lot of technology insertion into the individual domains. But one of the things we've always stuck to is building that product for the persona that is typically the admin of that product. So for, for automation and, and, and operations and network insight, like you mentioned, different personas. Meanwhile, the industry is shifting into this uh, center of excellence, cloud management. Because when, when we start talking to multi-cloud, right? It's less um, siloed personas. It's more about the tiger team. And it's, it's a critical aspect of success in this world for multi-cloud, hybrid cloud. Um, you, you know, we're seeing all of these, the, the convergence of all these technologies to common teams. Now, in the, inside the team, you're going to have expertise that are contributing to it. But the reality is you can no longer build a solution that is a point product. So how do you come from a, a VMware portfolio that was vRealize and say, okay, well, how do we get from here to there? Do we just squish all of this together and allow it to be consumed like it's one thing? No, that, that doesn't work. Because what happens is you're squishing um, six versions of the same, you know, uh, of, of six versions of how to reference the same VM, right? <laughs> or six different uh, UIDs for, for the same application or different- well, you, you, you end up with, you, yeah, you end up with six different databases, six different tools to yeah. lifecycle. And okay, there's a link and I can jump between them, I guess, you know, yeah, but that's- Exactly, exactly. and that's, but, that's yeah. just the other thing. You're still, you're still building these disparate products. 
So how, how do we do it? First of all, we look at what we have. And what we have is incredibly rich, incredibly deep data sets. Okay, that's one. Um, and how do we leverage that? And that's honestly the gold right there. So customers, uh, even customers today to this day, they, they don't want to move um, from, from the solutions they're comfortable with because they know the value of the rich data that has been harvested from these tools, be it Log Insight or Network Insight or, sure. or Automation etc. There's a lot of history there and that history is going to be usable. Um, so the solution was not stitched together. The solution was to federate and federate is today's uh, um, word, um, you know, the word of the day, right? Federate. We're sure. going to do that a lot today, right? So, so federate means that the the backend data may be slightly different data lakes or different formats because obviously you may want a time series database for some things or you may want different structures for different. But you know you can have a common front end consumption API management, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we've actually taken. Um, we'll, we're going to jump into technology now. So we've actually taken a, an approach we haven't done before. So instead of saying like, hey, let's get all of these different disparate products um, to a point where they can talk better together and share data together, what we did is we built from the ground up a brand new SaaS first cloud scale platform leveraging a lot of the, 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 you know, the, the modern technologies to build um, this federated data store. And, and we're leveraging a graph database, hence ARIA graph, um, the graph database is actually something we've built internally in VMware, uh, and it came from our secure state business. Uh, it's called the Entity Data Store, um, and it is it is graph based, and we've taken that and then built it to scale at hundreds of millions of entities um, because that is what we're talking about in multi-cloud. So, um, the graph database is really core to this. Now, there's a lot of plumbing around that. First step was to bring the graph database over. The second step was to say, okay, let's just take seven or eight data feeds from seven or eight different products. And those, those solutions are doing their thing. They're, they're, they've got their own data collectors and all this. So how do, we, how do we not interrupt what our customers are currently doing, um, but be able to immediately take a step up as far as technology capability, right? Mm. And so what we're doing is we're, we're ingesting all these speeds and feeds coming from all the disparate products. We're federating that. We are, we're doing you know, in-flight data transformation and dedupe and, and, uh, and correlation. Um, and one of the first things we do is we say, hey, this VM, let's just say a VM or instance or, or template or whatever it might be, um, I see this thing coming up um, as represented in these eight different ways, I'm saying eight because these are source sources, like from the from. It could be the net flows, so the packet flow yeah. could be uh, syslog events. You know, exactly. all kinds of different, very exactly. different kinds of data, but are still affiliated with the same object. Absolutely, yeah. So, so it's the same object, and that's the biggest challenge right there. It's got that same object. So now, how do we say? Um, how do we how do we address that? That's a problem we've always had. Uh, even if you have different vCenters or even if you migrate, let's face it. When you oh, yeah. Federation has been around forever anyway. Like in my yeah. Microsoft days with Active Directory and yeah, Federation is important. So it, and, and that challenge that Federation answers is, has been around for many years. Exactly. exactly. So uh, what we do is we bring all this together and then we implemented a, uh, a universal naming convention. 
So ARIA Graph knows that this pointer that is being collected, or this, this entity that is being collected eight different ways is actually this one thing. So the first thing we do is we, we use a, a, our own, it's another internal technology, it's called the VRN, or it's a VMware um, resource naming convention. Uh, it's a universal naming convention called VRN. And we say, okay, from this point forward, thou shall be called this UID, right? Okay, I was going to ask you about that because with all these different tools coming and everyone has a different language, everyone yeah. calls something different. So there needs to be some well, sort of well, consistency across multiple tools. He, he, uh, yeah, Pete and I both call our file server file server. So we've got to have a way to differentiate. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Mine's easy NAS. N-A-Z, N-A-S, easy NAS. Um, so there's a uh, there's another there's another uh, piece of this, right? Once I, I have a consolidated view and I can have all of these different uh, pointers called the same thing, I immediately gain something, which by the way, is not a very easy thing to do, but it was a key element of this uh, key principle of, of the technology we built. Now think about it. When, I, when I'm talking about multi-cloud and certain introduced services like migration and, um, and you know, being able to understand where this VM lives or how it changes over time and life cycles, I never lose sight of its history, of its metrics, of its controls, of its RBAC, of its presence, of its life cycle state, et cetera. So I could change managers, primary managers. I can change environments and I will bring all of that data with me because now I have this centralized, unified um, naming convention. So that was step one, right? Step two is the plumbing. Uh, it's, you know, bringing all the data together is, is fine, but we don't want to store eight copies of the same data or similar data. You know, there's a lot of overlap. Uh, you know, Ops and, and Verney both understand what network metrics are. Verney does it much, much deeper at a whole different level, right? Um, vCenter knows CPU consumption um, and, and uh, you know, guest consumption, all that, but Ops does that a whole lot better with much, much deeper analytics uh, and, and visibility. So how do we reconcile all of that? Again, Graph has the logic to be able to say, okay, you have this solution feeding us. We're going to, um, we're going to choose, you know, XYZ for the, uh, the, the primary um, the, the primary provider of that metric. Uh, if I have ops cost and then and a customer brings in cloud health, for example, or subscribes to cloud health, I know that I want to switch my cost metric from virtualized operations or ARIA ops in, uh, to cloud health. And so there is overlap between the products, but they all also bring the vast majority of their technologies as a unique thing. And then we, we bring all of this together under that unified identifier. We start allowing uh, modeling, uh, application discovery, um, uh, insights into all of this. And for, from that point forward, whenever I'm looking at a VM or an application or instance or any entity, a network, a, a security group, whatever it might be across multi-cloud, I have the visibility that is whole. It's a complete view. And I have all the associated metrics coming from all my speeds and feeds, assuming that I have the rights and permissions to see that. So app owners have always wanted to know basic stuff beyond time series that they could use Tanzu observability for. They want to know, um, you know, what if they do want to know NetFlow data between their application tiers? Well, now they could have that in the same exact view 
um, without necessarily being net admins or, or net ops people. Right? Well, and I, I think back to one of the challenges that used to happen when you had the eight teams, you know, in a standoff, all finger pointing at each other was everyone had their favorite tool and they were the only one who knew how it worked. And you'd be like, look, this proves I'm innocent. And they're like, I have no clue what that tool is. I've never used that tool. Like, cool, you love manage engine or whatever tribe you belong to. But like, you know, the sysadmins, we don't use that tool. And but now having the, I think there's something and maybe this is kind of like a psychological basis. But if everyone's working in the same tooling, even within their sub areas, I think you're going to get more trust. And like you talked about yeah. building that building that that coherent team who has the subspecialties, but is one team who answers one manager rather than eight warring tribes, which is what I would have called a lot of, you know, IT yeah. infrastructure groups before. This sounds like you're, you know, should bring some harmony, you know, pardoning the, you know, musical pun here. And I would I would add to that that not only are you all working from the same tool, but now that since all of these various areas are in the same tool, there's more data available about said issue. You know, it's not just, oh, well, look at my version based on this, you know, what I can see. It's like, oh, well, there's there's other parts that you're not well, seeing that we can now see. Well, you get sampling error issues. So if one person's got a tool that pulls once an hour and someone else has a tool that like, you know, say like uh, observability that pulls every five seconds and they don't understand that, you know, you can get all kinds of fun problems. So getting this all into one common platform, being able to normalize the data sets and how you look at it um, should lead to a lot less awkward conversations. So let's talk a little bit about what the day two looks like. So if I want to consume this, Am I just deploying, you know, some type of gateway and my existing solution slurp data out to this? Is the is the end state that I just have some collectors and that eventually, you know, I, I move to this tool? Um, yeah. And it and it sounds like since this is SaaS, lifecycle is going to hopefully at some point become more and more someone else's problem. Yeah. So key key to making this work, and and customers are totally on board and. and you know, our, our, we have smart customers, they get it, they understand that to build and to, to deliver what we are delivering, it has to be a SaaS solution. You know, I, I mentioned EDS scaling to 200 million objects per organization, right, or hundreds of millions. Um, so it, so Microsoft SQL is backing this then, right? No, crap. <laughs> So it's our own entity data store, um, which is, you know, you can call it a CMDB. But, it's, but even, it's, even if a customer could install something like this, no one wants to manage, you know, databases that can scale into the double or triple digit petabytes. Like this is, wanna, you want this someone else's problem. Exactly, exactly. So so just, to, you know, first things first, the, the entire management plane needs to live in SaaS. Um, uh, and a lot of customers are saying, well, I'm on-prem. I get the SaaS thing. Um, I have, uh, you know, vRealize stack deployed on-prem, and 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 SaaS is in our future, but but we need to get there. And that, this is this is something that we're trying to also reconcile. But the reality is to keep the versions, um, the to, to, the onus on versioning and and interact. Oh yeah, if you have eight different tools doing collection and stuff, trying to yeah. lifecycle them and maintain, it's like aligning planets, like trying to keep the yeah. the LCM chart up to date. Exactly, exactly. And all customers who have a VRCU subscription today, um, they they have the the freedom to deploy our SaaS versions of the tools um, on-prem and, and actually a, a significant amount started in SaaS. Um, the, the newer customers will went SaaS first and that's really the right approach. It, it makes sense. It solves a lot of other issues. Uh, also, they're not managing their own management tools. Um, actually, I just recently... 
I was in um, in New York and in Connecticut this week and speaking to a customer and they said, you know what, um, our apps, our app teams want to use the the solutions that the IT is putting in place. And in this case, it was VRA, but they don't want to use an on-premises tool to manage their public cloud applications. There you go. They were, they've been pushing the IT to push that tool into SaaS. And I'm like, well, okay, let's get this done, right? Absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, they have a subscription and they're, they're able to do it. Um, and it's just, it's just a, a matter of, of us actually doing a little bit more and helping them get there. But anyway, so that management plane um, is, is all SaaS. So it's instant on instant gratification. And, and um, the scope for what we ingest is all on-premises on infrastructure. Um, so all your VMware SDDCs, uh, as well as VMware Cloud on anything. Um, and then uh, Azure, um, uh, AWS, GCP, and, and then you know, those are our, our focus areas. Uh, and then you know, as we build this, continue to build this out into other providers, the plan is to get the full scope of uh, public cloud providers, um, you know, uh, in in this iterative way. Uh, so, a customer with a very large on-premises SDDC environment or distributed and just gets collectors, right? Uh, and that whole collector technology is also changing significantly. We want um, to collect. We want to be able to consolidate collect at the edge. Um, ultimately, we don't necessarily need eight collectors feeding us. And then we are doing all the logic and, and unifying and consolidating that data and correlating it. Wouldn't it be nice if the collector did that at the edge and sent us one efficient stream? That's one, one of the things we're looking at. Um, and there's, there's a lot of work going on there as well. Um, and then for the public clouds, it's direct API. Uh, we're pulling direct metrics. Um, either either the uh, Aria tools are doing it, or the collectors doing it. But more likely, it's it's both. So we're pulling inventory directly, the the, the least path of resistance, right? Pulling inventory directly in some cases, and then marrying that up with uh, the appropriate metrics based on what's deployed and what's in use, uh, and then third party becomes a big part of that. How do I incorporate third party metrics for an object that that third party calls something different, right? Mm. Uh, and so we're actually um, extending the VRN uh, and the graph to third party integration through this modular extensibility approach. And that's, that's a, you know, that's more uh, later next year type thing. Okay. So uh, I know, so I know you guys with Federation now, and you've got this uh, this API Federation. Um, what new services uh, could possibly be available with this? Yeah, actually, let me uh, let me. The, the coolest thing about all of this is okay. You federate the data. Um, so how do you consume federated data? And that's the next. That's that. That's the part that really opens up a whole lot of things for your average user. Um, and so in front of uh, the platform in front of Aria Graph and uh, the Graph database, we've implemented a public API. Um, and the principle here is also everything we can do in Graph, all the integrations, all the data is publicly available through GraphQL. And GraphQL is our, our um, API front end and it's public. So, um, you know, one of the things we can do with GraphQL here is, uh, let, let's just take this example. We, we keep sure. saying eight products. So let's just say we have eight, eight data feeds coming in. 
And um, today, if I was a, you know, a, a cloud super user or in the cloud COE, and I wanted to um, query inventory, and based on that inventory, I, I want to understand application topology and tiers. Maybe if I have Verney, I can do that with the flow-based application discovery. So I'll query Verney several times, right? And I want to then take that and I want to figure out what CPU storage um, uh, and uh, you know memory metrics are basic stuff, or maybe what my capacity is in this environment, or what my uh, my uh, you know the future looks like as far as available capacity and efficiency and all that. So I'm going to query all that from ops. Now I'm doing it for every object I collected in that inventory that is making up this application. So I'm piecing together things. Separate RESTful calls, right? Separate a lot of things. Um, I want to know the project that owns this. Now I'm querying VRA. I want to know the lifecycle state, the deployment it was a part of, the template that deployed it. Again, several, you get the gist. I'm hitting uh, cloud health for cost, and now I have to do a lot of translation to figure out which matches which, right? Sure. GraphQL in front of uh, a federated consumption layer, in front of the federated data, means we've already done all the work. That whole scenario, which would have been at least a hundred back and forth queries and posts uh, and gets, right, um, is a single request, single payload, single response, and the 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 uh, you know I, I would query graph, so aria graph, graph responds based on a uh, the the GraphQL payload, which is a, a very succinct like. Here's what I want, and and give me just this. So we're not responding with these massive payloads, and you're shifting through store uh, through the through the the you know RESTful response or or anything like that. It's exactly what you asked for. And Graph is actually yeah, we use what's called GraphQL um, stitching. It's actually figuring out from that request where all this different data should come from based on the the, the query to Graph, and it it does exactly that. It stitches it all together. So you get one response for mm -hmm. that entire query, um, which would have taken not just bandwidth, but the, the efficiency and the latency and the time to do all of those different RESTful queries is now a single um, uh, you know, GraphQL uh, query and experience. It's the same interface that our UI uses. So ARIA Hub is the primary consumption interface uh, for UI, and it is a bleeding edge UI experience and visualization experience that brings all of these different things together. And now I'll answer your question. <laughs> so with all of that, it really opens up the door um, for new services. So now the question is, okay, you've done all this great platform stuff. You say, I automatically get it. And from, the, from, from GA, I'm gonna be able to just interact with all these tools based on what I have through ARIA Hub um, leveraging ARIA Graph. True story. But what does that actually mean from a value proposition ex other than federation and all these great visualizations? What it means is, for the first time, we're bringing a lot of data together. We have complete views of applications. We have complete views of metrics and KPIs and SLAs and SLOs and SLIs and, uh, and cost and relationships and, and all of this stuff. Complete views available in a unified way. So now I can deploy 
technology, net new technologies um, and technologies we've announced or services we've announced like uh, ARIA guardrails. ARIA guardrails takes this unified picture and allows you to say like, hey, here's a policy for how I want this cloud or this app or this VM or these entities or this project to, to function. Uh, I want cost limitations, uh, region deployment limitations, um, people limitations. Um, and I don't want to just say, here's a policy, go abide by that policy. I want to watch the environment and I want to leverage our own technologies, item, in this case, IDEM, so it stands for idempotent, um, to ensure that that policy is enforced and make you very aware via insights whether or not uh, when, when there's drift and more importantly, automatically um, resolve the drift. So if I have a user in a project that's supposed to deploy into one region of AWS, for example, I can, and that person, that same user goes and, and circumvents the system and deploys into a different region, I can reconcile that and say, hey, we're in violation. I could block it from happening. This is just an example. Or I can force it to, to get into the guardrail, right? The swim lane or the guardrail, the policy. It's data as code. Um, it leverages item, which came as part of a, it's an it's open source. Uh, it's an awesome solution. Um, it came, came into our BU through the SALT acquisition. Um, but it's continuing to be developed as an open source tool. Uh, I do recommend everybody go check it out. Um, so that's that's one thing, guardrails. The other one is, again, full view. Now I have a full picture of what a migration should look like because I have topology and tiers and relationships and ownerships and metrics and all this stuff. So for the first time, I can say, uh, instead of just saying, what will it cost to migrate this to this or, or uh, you know, what do I need to do? It actually takes a lot more consideration and says, um, you know, your, your success rate of doing this. And these are the different steps. And hey, actually don't do this. It's going to cost you more. It's going to break your app or, or whatever it might be. Um, so ARIA migration um, assessment uh, service is another one there. And then finally, business insights. Um, again, bringing all of this data together, I've been talking about metrics and inventory, but the other thing we bring together is events and alerts. You have eight, eight or more solutions um, when, when I have a VM out, almost every single one of them is going to tell you about it and it's going to tell you about it in its own words with its own UID and all that stuff. Well, that changes now. ARIA will give you one consistent insight and says, Hey, this event storm just happened, but it's actually just this one thing. And here's who's impacted. Here's what it means to your environment. Here's the bottom line. Do you want me to fix it for you? Or I could walk you through a resolution. And if I don't have a resolution or a root cause, I can go and, and drill into my domain specialty tools. Just bounce well, that, and do it. See, that, that's incredible because I've seen a lot of attempts at building a root cause analysis tool that point to you know the root cause of the 40 alarms. Um, and they often just fail because they're based at the fun, at the end of the day, they're based around one, you know, domain area's knowledge of what's going on. And I remember a long time ago, you know, joking with my ops teams that we needed to stop pinging things to monitor and just for at least ESXi host and just look for when the syslog feed stops because vSphere is the most chatty syslog on the planet. And, and you know, if, if that we used to ping every five minutes and we're like, well, let's just look for syslog failing within one minute and make a, a broad assumption. But 
the fact that you can actually bring all these different domain tools to say, oh, you know, this is offline. This is actually why all these things are bad or or, oh, look, the data store is gone. That's why 200 VMs are offline rather than you dig through 200 event VMs are not responding to, you know, WMI queries for performance or, you know, whatever it is, being able to get that real root cause. And that's something that, you know, it helps teams, you know, who don't necessarily always have cross domain expertise. If you can have that inferencing brought in by a tool in that regard, also can help teams who even have those people who are just tired. It's 3 a.m. and, you know, someone paged you. Um, that's hopefully going to bring a lot of peace versus hopefully reduce uh, the, the largest complaint I hear about every enterprise monitoring tool um, isn't that it missed something. It's that it was too noisy. Yeah. And yeah. I I mean, the, the reality is, look, I'll, I'll be first to admit it, that we've, we in the past have de delivered a pretty complex puzzle, but the puzzle pieces have been spread out across um, different teams and different, uh, and, and so they've never, so we have, we have everything we need to bring this together across our technology stack. So it's, it's why that we couldn't even begin to announce or suggest what we're building until we got the platform right. Mm -hmm. Once we're able to federate that data and say, well, how easy is it now to figure out e relatively easy, right? There's a lot of uh, ML and a lot of analytics and a lot of stuff happening to, to cluster these things and, and make that happen. But all the pieces are there. And API communication was not going to solve that problem, right? federating the data and being like, oh, okay, so now I have all these puzzle pieces on the table in front of me, I could very easily tell you how to put the pieces together. And that's, that's a another analogy for federation, right? We're, we're bringing all these things together. A lot of the technology, again, best in breed, we already had customers already enjoying, they just didn't, they just weren't on the table at the same time. Yeah, they were well, listening to some great singer in one room using this tool they were listening to another singer in another room that with a different tool and uh now they're all in the same room singing in the same key well, pete your, your analogy is too nice in reality <laughs> there, there was a dog barking in the background you know which is what i refer to as the, the the security team complaining about their you know their splunk events but no it's you know you you, you basically had you know various different almost distracting noises but um <laughs> Looking at the interface here, which I know, you know, we, this is a, a podcast here, but I encourage everyone to go look up Aria Hub. Um, this interface, one, it looks very pretty, you know, good job. But two, it looks like it's actually designed to scale. And one of the challenges is historically, you know, a lot of people, you know, you go back to the Stone Ages, you know, we had monolithic, you know, you got an app, it's got a database, it's got a web server, it all runs in the same VM. Then we split that out, or maybe we put a load balancer, you know, we ended up with kind of apps that had three tiers and starting about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, I remember talking to some banking and some airline customers and you'd ask them to whiteboard all the hops and the IO packet of their app. And it, it looks like this crazy thing. It looked like Charlie from always sunny with like 16 things and 16 different lines go, you know, it, it looks like you were this like con crazy conspiracy theorist trying to map out, you know, um, you know, what happened. And it's the, the tooling that was designed to do a root cause or designed to understand an app that had four pieces doesn't scale to microservices and containers and all these other hipster things. Yeah. Um, but th this interface, it reminds me of some other previous uh, R&D work 
on interfaces that I saw um, Octo do several years ago. This looks like this is designed to both allow you to, to drill in, but also like scroll out and have full vision. Yeah, so you're referring to Project Magna, also known as Realize AI. <laughs> and that's a good segue. So um, obviously, everything I've, I've talked about is not just about bringing data together. There's a lot of data transformation and analytics that has to happen. So the entire Realize AI platform is folded into ARIA as part of the backend platform. So um, there's a lot of actually really great public uh, and private cloud, multi-cloud use cases uh, coming out of that. And we're just not not prepared to to say anything at this point, but um, but keep your keep your uh, ears and eyes open for some announcements there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the same team. Um, you know, our our team is it really does act as a as an incubator um, in the office of CTO as as it, most groups are, and so um, it when when our entire team became a hundred percent focused on making um, Aria a reality. Um, one of the decisions was, hey, we've got we've got to fold in uh, ML, uh, the the AI and ML work that we've done with uh, Virilize AI, right into the platform. So it is a, it's a platform service. Um, a lot of the visualization cues came over with that, but we've actually taken it uh, a little bit further. Um, uh, Virilize AI didn't do federation per se; it did uh, modeling and it did. Um, some incredible things uh, with data feeds, but it did it, um, it more of a one to one, right? I've got vSAN feeds coming in, uh, and there's some correlation with inventory and all that stuff. But then I'm I'm modeling and building digital twins and doing all this other great stuff and coming out with outcomes and being very predictive. Um, so when we brought that into a federated model, uh, it's gold. Uh, it really is gold, and it allows us to do. Uh, a lot of really great things that, that we haven't even touched on um, today and, and more will come out. Yeah. Well, I mean, with all of that, you know, and, and since you're folding these viralized pieces of the portfolio in to ARIA, what does that mean for the existing viral, viralized portfolio? Is Yeah. Well, it's called ARIA now. Okay. So, so it's, <laughs> yeah. so for folks that are still using Virealize, they're using ARIA. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. So, I mean, I've, I've even spoken to customers saying, look, We've deployed Virealize uh, the whole stack on premises, and and we're just not prepared to move off of it. How does this impact us? Well, it doesn't impact you. It just doesn't, um, and and that's it. Then you have your other customers like, hey, we're all in on Virealize SaaS now. Aria, uh, what does it mean for us? It means that when this GA is, you're going to log in and you're going to be in Aria, um, and and you're going to have in context uh, deep linkage into each and in the individual products. But the hope is that when it's when when you know when you're looking at these unified views and you've got the appropriate RBAC or or the appropriate permissions um, you should be able to to bounce into the the the, the personalized uh, you know the, the personalized uh, landing page uh, the home page and have a really good understanding of what your day is going to be like Right, and maybe not even have to navigate away from that unless you want to get into something. Um, that's the idea, and it's going to be unique to everybody. So it just happens. One day, it's just going to show up, um, but you'll always be able to still jump into, you know, if, if you're still siloed and you're not ready for that uh, view, you can go into VRA, you can go into Ops, you can go into Verney, you can go into Cloud Health. 
I, I like that we're not we're not just banging that drum of a uh, single pane of glass, and I, we've managed to avoid actually saying that phrase this entire thing. Uh, single pane of glass is awful. There's all kinds of reasons to build different UIs for things. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, one of one of the um, one of the the services um, that that are going into Aria uh, Aria Hub, um, the the main interface there, is a personalization service won't call it single pane of glass because it's a single pane of what you care about. Mm. Uh, I mean, my DNS server at home is is currently modeled up to look like the Star Trek Enterprise. Like, you know, I've what happened to skins? Like everyone had their own customized Winamp, you know, skin. Like I, I like this idea of customization depending on function rather than, you know, the tyranny of there being one UI for all. So, so certainly there's a lot of customization. We allow dashboards and widgets to be pinned and moved around. Um, but more importantly, Aria um, engage or, or does a lot of behavioral analytics and says, hey, you're interacting with this thing a lot. You must care about cost. I'm going to bubble this up, right? And next time you log in, it's just it's going to be a little bit closer to you. Ooh. Yeah, I need that for vCenter. There's certain things that are at the top that I'm like, why is this here? Please, no. Yeah, so there's... Uh, yeah. Um, so it's the Spotify um, or Apple Music uh, experience, right? Or Netflix experience, whatever you want to call it. Probably, uh, probably Spotify. I think Apple still has human curators for some of those playlists. So they, they still have an opinion, but... Yeah, probably. Sounds I, good. I, I'm, an Apple, I'm an Apple guy. Same, same, same. Well, Jad, this has been this has been thorough, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we will leave links on the show notes of the podcast page to uh, the announcement blogs, to um, any any demo videos that may be available, but also the the VMware Explorer sessions about Aria. There was plenty of content to consume around Aria this this these past couple of weeks. So, uh, Jad, thanks so much for joining us, man. And we uh, we look forward to hearing more about this. Absolutely, I will say. Um, Several big announcements are, have been saved for Barcelona, so um, looking forward to that. And uh, and it, it'll there'll be announcements of, of things we've never done before, so uh, it'll be exciting. We need to get on your calendar now, then, because we will be at Barcelona and we will be podcasting. So let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's do it.